Welcome to the church. 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 Hi, I'm Cindy Linton, and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people in Normal, Illinois, joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. to the word of the Lord, and I'm going to go to Matthew 13, if you would stand with me this morning, and I am going to read a parable that the Lord has laid upon my heart to preach today, and the Bible says this in the New Living Translation in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, here is another story Jesus told, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted a good seed in his field, everybody say good seed. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds. Everybody say weeds. Among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's worker went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy, the farmer said. An enemy has done this, the farmer explained. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat in the barn. For just a little while this morning, I want to preach on this topic. I want to preach, and I really just want to mess with our minds this morning. I really want to mess with, I believe, where God is trying to take us as a church, what God is trying to press in us. And I want to, I want to touch on forgiveness Again today, I really want to hammer this. God's really been hammering on me. And if he's hammering on me, I don't think it's just for me, but I think it's for the church. I really want us to get our focus off the weeds. And I really want to get our focus on who we are and who we're called to be. Children of God, Christ-like, examples of Christ. And if we're constantly trying to pull the weeds around our life, we're constantly missing on the growth that God's wanting to do. So I want to preach for just a little while today on living with weeds. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word, God. I thank you so much for the example that you've placed in our lives, God. I, I pray today, Lord, that you can take our faithfulness, God, that you can take our faithfulness in, our, in a way that we live and follow after you, God, and if you can begin to mold us like clay, God, begin to show us your example, show us who you are through your word today, God. I pray for that mighty revival. I pray for that mighty revival that you have spoken, God, that mighty revival that is done, God, that is just in front of us, Lord Jesus, that we are in the midst of God, and I pray it all in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. You could be seated today. The weeds that I'm going to preach about this morning, the weeds that, are in, that the Word is talking about is not people specifically, though it does at times say children of evil or children of good. The weeds are not specifically 
referencing to people. It has never been a specific reference to people. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but enemies against rulers of authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this darkest world, and against evil spirit in the heavenly places. Amen? It's not people that we are fighting against. It's not people that are evil. It's the sin in people. It's the sin that condemns humanity to death. you got to understand me because there's something that takes place whenever we get forgiveness in our life. We automatically think that we are now better than other people. Just me? Sorry, just me? No, just me. There are times in our lives that if we're not careful, we can look at a weed and we can say, how ugly is that? We can look at a weed and say, if that was just pulled, my life would be better. I'm not talking about interperspective sin. If there is sin in your life, that sin needs to be plucked. Listen, if you can't stand in the mirror and be frank with your own self, if you can't stand in the mirror and talk to yourself about the sin that's going on in your life, what good is it to talk to yourself in the mirror then? If you can't be honest with yourself, who can you be honest with, right? I'm not talking today about weeds in our life. If you've got weeds in our life, who's the better gardener for that? Jesus Christ is, but you are. You know what to pick. You know what to pull. It's your life. Pull it. Pick it. Get it out of there. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about this world. I'm talking about weeds in this world. If we're not careful, we can get to this place where we start to look around at all the nastiness. And we say, if this was different, my life would be better. If that politician who I align myself with was in office, everything would be a lot better. Nobody ever said that, right? If that person was voted out, this world would just be a better place. Can I tell you, it's not, and it won't. Have you ever read your book? The Bible says that in the last days, it will wax worse and worse. What the church needs to do is stop focusing on the weeds and stop fo- start focusing on the seed. We are the seed. We are the godly kingdom that God has planted in this community. It's not for us to go out and go, hey, you're, you're getting this wrong. Hey, you're, you're, you're just off base. Hey, you, you are condemned and you're going to hell. That is not what the job of the church is. That's not what the job of the seed in the field is. You know what the job of the seed is? The job of the seed is to grow and produce for the farmer. The job of the seed is to flourish and nourish in the midst of the weed. That's what I want to preach about today. It's the sin in people that we're looking at and talking about when we talk about these weeds. Sin condemns humanity to death. In our opening scripture, Jesus is not saying people are bad. We have got to get that out of our mind because if people were bad, guess who you and I are? I hope we're people. <laughs> because if we're not people, well, we better better start checking. He says this, such were some of you, 1 Corinthians 6.11, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We were made holy by calling on the name of God. Such were some of you. There at one point in time in our lives that people looked at us and said, that's a weed that needs to be pulled. That's a weed that needs to be plucked. That is never a place that the church should stand in. 
The church should never stand in the place of the eternal gardener saying they should be plucked, they should be plucked, they should be rid of the field because there were times that each and every one of us could have had a they should be plucked moment. And thankfully, because of the grace and the mercy of God, we weren't plucked. Amen? Can I get a hand clap of praise for that? Is there anybody thankful that you weren't plucked in that moment? People are not bad or evil. Sin is bad and evil. Jesus died on the cross so that none should perish. Peter clearly portrays the Lord's intentions in 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as many think. No, He is being patient for your sake. Doesn't that sound like a patient farmer? Doesn't that sound like a farmer that's got a field full of weeds, but he doesn't really want to get out there and pluck everything just yet? Doesn't it sound like our parable? Doesn't it sound like the mercy and the grace of Jesus? Doesn't it sound the way he treated you in your life? There were times that you were living for God and you were on a fast path, and there were other times where you slumped back and you took a back seat, but God was still faithful in all those times, was he not? God was still merciful in all those times, and God is still forgiving in all these times. Peter goes on in 3 and 9, he says, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Is that not a wonderful vision of our Savior? He does not want any to be destroyed, but he wants all to come to repentance, does he not? then why is it when things come up on TV, on our social media that we don't align with, we immediately want to pluck them out? We immediately want to pull them out. We immediately want to get rid of them. I'll tell you why it is. It's humanity. It's flesh. It's the flesh inside of us. I'm not telling you to align with them. I'll get to that later on in my scripture. But what it is, it's the opposite of what Christ is. Because Christ was forgiving. Christ looked and he had mercy and he had forgiveness on situations that he didn't agree with. But he said, listen, the only way I'm going to get to them is I'm going to love them. I'm not going to bind with them, but I'm going to love them and I'm going to show them love. Repentance leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness leads to godliness. The parable of our opening text is about one thing and one thing only. It's about seeds and weeds. Don't you love seeds and weeds? I love seeds. Nobody really likes weeds. Not about them living in harmony together. Not about when in Rome, do as the Romans do. You ever heard that expression? Not about coming and coupling up beside the seed. Not about doing that. It's about understanding you have been called by God. Church, we have been called by God. There is only one reason and one reason only that you're sitting in these seats at 408 East College. It's because you have been called by God. God has literally anointed you for such an hour as this. You may say, well, it's a mistake that I'm here. It's no mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. Well, there were situations that led to me coming here today. There is no mistake in you coming here today. God sent you here for a reason, and that's because you are seeds of the kingdom of God. And he sent us here to flourish in his fields. Amen? You have been chosen. God is what makes the difference in a seed and a weed. Hear me. God is what makes the difference between a seed and a weed. You are a seed because of Jesus Christ. You are a weed because the absence of Jesus Christ. That is the difference. There is nothing better about the seed and the weed except for the Lord because the Lord provides the nourishment upon the seed. Forgiveness is the root of the parable that I want to preach today. Forgiveness to understand we didn't plant the field. There isn't a single one of us that planted this field. You know who did? He did. 
In the beginning, God created, and he planted the field. And just as he planted those people that we want to pluck, he planted each and every one of us. He is the one that set it all in motion. He is the one that as his hand spoke, and it all became active. He is the one that put it all before us, and he is a forgiving God. Can somebody give him a hand clap of praise for that? We've been teaching about forgiveness on Wednesday night for the last three weeks, and I believe there's a reason for it. There is a world that is out there hurting. If you look at the world, the world's hurting. It's not time for the church to say, step on back, six foot. You know, we went through COVID, and there was a six-foot social distancing. Some of us have come out of the mask, but we haven't come out of the six-foot social distancing. We haven't come out of forgiveness of people that have hurt us in the past. We haven't come out of the forgiveness of the world that we think the world is trying to take this and and turn it wherever it's going to go. That's wickedness and evilness in high places that we're fighting against through prayer. But what the church needs to do is the church needs to bring people back close. You see, you can't see Jesus from a distance, but when you get real close, you can make it out. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to get past the six-foot interaction. We've got to get past to a back to a place where the church is inviting, the church is loving. When did the church stop being a place that was all about everybody and it was just about only me and you? Because it's not. It's not. This isn't our personal garden at home where we have one or two tomato plants. This is the kingdom. This is the kingdom and it's about wheat. And it's about wheat so that people can live for generations and for years. This is the kingdom. And it's about sustainability. And it's about life. And it's about God. And it's about until he comes back, this is what the kingdom is going to look like. There's a lot of hurt in this world. And guess what? I've always heard this. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Do you know where that stops? When the love of Christ intersects hurt people. When the love of Christ intersects hurt people. There is no way that a hurt person can hurt a person if love stands between it. Because love knows no bounds. Love is endless. Love is patient. Love is kind. Don't make me read the whole scripture. Love. Love interacts with hurt people. And you know the only true way that you can love is to forgive. Somebody hurt me yesterday. Come on, don't make me go into all the Bible studies on Wednesday night. Somebody hurt me yesterday. The best way for me to love them today is to forgive them of the hurt that they did and to move on so that we can have love and we can have harmony and we can have community the way that God had intended for the church to be. There is no worse place than to be in a church with hurt people. It's like an oxymoron. It shouldn't exist. I realize the church isn't for perfect people, but if we're not following the example of Christ, then what are we doing? We're just setting up a club and an establishment. When we follow after Christ, we should, we should have humility written all over us. When I walk in the room, my tears should just stream down my face because I've hurt her, and I should just go and I should apologize and forgive. But the love of Christ should be so thick upon us that it's all about what did I do out there this week, God? Forgive me of not following after your plan and after your will. Hurt people, hurt people. No, I'm not for inclusion. 
I'm not for inclusion if you've ever heard me preach before. I'm not an inclusion preacher. I'm not preaching follow the things of the world. No, that's not what I'm preaching because the very first thing I said was you got to have Jesus to be a seed. That's the difference between a seed and a weed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to go out there and find a club to be a part of and adopt everything they do so that you can love them. That's not what I'm talking about. That's inclusion of the world. That's not inclusion of this scripture. If you want to talk about inclusion, it's following everything in this word. And there's not a single one of us that's perfect yet and crossed off every box. We're still striving. We're still striving to be that seed that God has called us to be. We're still yearning to be that seed. It's why we're rooted in Him. I'm not talking about inclusion and I'm not talking about equality. I'm not talking, I don't even believe in equality as the word describes it. I believe the Bible is truth. I believe that hard work and giving everyone a chance pays off. Amen? I believe that's the kingdom. Hard work is the kingdom. You ever read your Bible? It's all about hard work. It's not about equality just stepping in and going, this is what I deserve. That's not scriptural. Scriptural is falling on our knees because we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. It's the opposite of equality. But I'm preaching about today is about following after God. The more I study the Bible, though, the more God reminds me of who I used to be. Anybody with me? He reminds me. Not in a, not in a Paul and a Peter sense of looking back. Stop looking back, but looking forward. He reminds me of where he's brought me from. Anybody remember where God's brought you from? And you think of the mercy and the grace that he's brought you from? Here's a reason why I believe that God has put us together the way that he has orchestrated and put us together. Because there are things in our life that God has brought us out of that he is going to bring people into that are going to need a witness and a testimony of all that God can do. And the way that you're going to be able to speak that is you're going to speak it in forgiveness and understanding that God forgave you of what you went through. And just as he forgave you, he can forgive them. The more I study... The more I study, not from you don't know, <coughs> not from you don't want to be, to be that anymore, but to look back as God has forgiven us. And that's why I want to preach this sermon this morning and dive in one more time about forgiveness. I know, forgiveness again, Pastor, yes, because like repentance, you can't preach it enough. Because if the world was perfect, then you wouldn't need to teach forgiveness. But the world is full of hurt people. We talk about mental health a lot. We talk about that a lot, as we should, because it is a real epidemic facing our nation today. It is on the rise like you cannot believe. Anxiety and all those things. And here, here's what somebody told me once. Well, you just need to get more Jesus. That's right. But you know what the church needs to do? The church needs to operate more like Jesus. Because it wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have a mental health problem if the church loved me. I'd have somebody to talk to, not just the church, but the Lord. You hear me? you got to follow me on this today. If there was more love by the church, if there was more forgiveness by the church, I'm on social media seeing how many people like me, and I go to a whole church and nobody tells me that they like me. I go to a whole place and nobody says, I love you. And I know it's just words, but words are powerful. The church has to be about love. It has to be about acceptance. It has to be about reaching out. 
Somebody's going to come through those doors and they're not going to look like you. They're not going to talk like you and they're not going to walk like you. But you know what they're going to want? They're going to want the same forgiveness that you got. And the way for them to see it is by a church that just reaches out with open arms and says, I know you're going to hurt me four or five times. I know you're going to hurt me six or 70 times. Look, you might even steal from me. I know that that's all going to take place. But God forgave me and he can forgive you. Because it's about the seeds in the field, not about the weeds. Because the difference between a seed and a weed is God. And a difference between a church that is loving and a church that is not is the operation of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God moving in our lives. Because when I wake up in the morning, Trevor, there is nothing about me that says, go be nice to somebody. (laughs) Come on, Karen. Come on. When I wake up in the morning, sometimes I just want to be like, don't bother me today. That's not godly. That's why we die daily. That's why we have to die to our flesh. That's why prayer is so important. That's why the spirit is so important. But can I tell you of the thousands and hundreds of thousands of churches that are out there in the world today? Do you know the way most of us wake up? We wake up that way. Don't bother me today. Let me sit in my seat and just leave me alone. Don't come and have anything to do with me. Stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. That is not the way church was intended to be. Tiffany loves people. The way that church was intended to be was she was going to make it so awkward that you're going to talk to her before you leave that that's the way the church was supposed to be. The, 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 The last days, the Bible and the book of Acts, they sold all that they had and they lived together. I know some of you, and you know me. You don't want to live with me, and I don't want to live with you. And you know what that is? That's flesh. Because here's what happens when we really begin to get kingdom attitude and the way that this parable shows, and I'll get more here into just a little bit, but here's what begins to happen. We begin to take on a godly mindset from the time we go to sleep to the time we wake up to the time we go back to bed. And a godly mindset is says that if somebody's hurting, if somebody is in need, that's where I'm supposed to be. If somebody needs something, if somebody's where it's at, I am supposed to make myself uncomfortable to the point that I become a servant to the brethren and the sisters in the body. I am supposed to get to the point where I love more than I love others, more than I love myself. In the parable, it's uncomfortable. I know it. I know it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable to the point that it is something that we are going to have to actively pursue because it's not just something that is going to fall upon us. We are going to have to be intentional about it in the parable in our opening text. Jesus start out starts out, the kingdom of heaven is like. I love it when the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven is like. I want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. Do you not want to know? I want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like because I want to be in the kingdom. I don't want to wait for heaven. I want to be in it right now. Do you believe you can be in the kingdom of heaven right now? I believe we can. I believe we should. And I believe God is calling us to be that. Don't tell me you want to spend eternity in heaven and you don't want to spend a minute in the kingdom now. Because God is calling us into the kingdom and he's showing us. Jesus said, it's like a farmer who planted a good seed. I'm not a farmer, as you know that. I've never planted a lot of seeds. Some seeds I planted and they grew. Some seeds I planted and they didn't. I just blamed it on the package that I pulled it out of. It wasn't my fault. 
But here's, here's one thing that we need to understand. This farmer did not plant bad seed. He planted good seed. It matters what you plant in your life. Now I'm getting back to your life. It matters what you plant in your life. Don't go watching things about killing people and don't think that that's not going to come out of you. Don't go around watching things of, of, of foul and filth and don't think that that's not going to come out of you. Don't think you're going to put that in their ears. Don't think you're just going to consume this world and nothing's going to come out bad. Because it is. Because it is. Because it is. Because where your treasure is. Where your treasure is. Everything that we do is all about consumption. It's all about input, output. But the farmer, he planted good seed. There's another reason you don't plant bad seed. Because the bad seed's not going to grow. It's not going to produce a crop. And if you think you're going to flourish and nourish off a of bad seed, you're wrong. You're going to go through what we call today as a crash diet. And you're going to tell everybody that you're fasting. But really what you're doing is starving yourself. When we get out of the word, when we get out of prayer, that's fasting in a bad way. We're starving ourselves. We're starving the plant that God had intended to grow. When we consume just this world, we are consuming bad seed. We are taking in bad stuff. But the Bible tells us that this farmer planted good seed. So we know what kind of grain, we know what kind of wheat this was. What is good seed? Matthew 13 and 38 says this, good seed is people of the kingdom. Good seed is people of the kingdom, people who have repented of their sins and turned towards God, people who have been baptized in Jesus' name, people who have been filled with God's spirit. Philippians 4 and 8 says this, and now, dear brethren and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Good seed needs fed good nourishment, does it not? Good seed needs fed godly things. Do you think today, did you know that there is a whole science to seed? Did you know that's how advanced we are? Any Growmark employees or ex-employees here, you should know this. We're all farmers by uh, right, Trev? Trev's in the crop science. He's not really, but, you know, he has, to, he has to act like one Monday through Friday. There is a whole science to seed nowadays. There is such a thing as a quality seed based on seed science. It is defined as a varietal pure. You know what that means? Varietal pure. It means it goes all the way back to the first seed. There is no mixing of seed. There is no... Uh, whatever, cross-pollinating of the seed. This goes back to the original corn seed or wheat seed or grape seed or whatever it is that you can travel back to the singlest, purest form of that seed. And over time, as they've collected kernels, they've kept it and they've geneticized it and they've tracked its genetics to the point where they know they've got pure seeds that are going out in the field. You know why they want pure seeds? Because they don't want weeds to grow up in the seed. They don't want the seed to be contaminated. Do you know that this gets me excited? It makes me want to shout, and I'm not even a farmer. 
It makes me want to dance. I know I'm holding it back for you today because I think you might think I'm a little strange and I'm a little weird. It makes me want to take a lap. And I'm hoping that it brings a little bit of excitement to you whenever I tell you and explain to you the understanding of the seed because we're not talking about seed science. We're talking about something Christ established from the very beginning. And it's the singular of singulars. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And when Jesus' name is applied to your life, that is the singlest of singlest. It doesn't matter the weed that you used to be because now you become the seed that he's called you to be. The singlest, purest of what Christ has called you to be. All that garbage that was back there is no longer in the seed. It doesn't come into the seed until we invite it in. Because when God is there, it's purity. It's holy. It's Jesus. You have to start with Jesus if you want to plant a good seed or if you want to be counted as a good seed. Please don't mix it up. Please don't go out into this world and say, this is what my pastor said on Sunday. Go out into this world and say, this is what the word of the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord, and I promise you there is an authority. Well, pastor, I don't want to preach in the King James. They're going to look at me different. That's okay. They're going to look at you different anyway because you're a seed and not a weed. So go ahead and get a little bit of Southern Methodist preacher or Baptist preacher or Pentecostal preacher or whatever you want to get. And you go ahead and go, thus saith the Lord thy God. And go ahead and present it that way because that is what makes a difference between the seed and a weed. Quality pure seed is not only pure, it has a high germination percentage, meaning it's going to grow. This is what you need to know about you. You're going to grow. You're going to grow because that's what God is all about. God is all about growth. If you ever find yourself sitting in the same place that you were yesterday, you better get on your knees and you better repent because there's no growth. Don't tell me that God can't grow from one day to another. Do you know that that seed every day is growing out of the ground? Do you know that seed every day is beginning to, beginning to move up? We have a saying around here, knee high by the 4th of July. You ever heard that? Knee high. Do you realize that that corn didn't just grow on July 3rd up to knee high? Know that that corn was making incremental growth patterns in its life. God measures us by growth, and that seed is measured by growth. There isn't a single one of us that should stop growing. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you don't have a growth plan in the kingdom, you better come talk to me or you better get on your knees and you better pray about it because God is all about growth. The quality is so good. God's quality is so good that there's no doubt you're going to grow. If you are in God, there is no doubt that there is going to be growth in your life. A blossom begins to take place after a period in the dark. The seed begins to take root, and it begins to move the earth, and it begins to shoot its little self up out of that ground. It reminds me of the scripture in 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Doesn't that just give you? spot and the glory of God begins to shine. The word begins to water and you begin to move out of that ground and you begin to up in the glory. It's why we raise our hands up into the air to God so that we can grasp a hold of him. It's why we do all that we do 
for him. God is calling all who will listen to be good seed, right? God is calling all who will listen. God doesn't make mistakes. He created you to be a seed, not a weed. Everybody say that. I'm a seed, not a weed. Come on, that'll go home with you. He planted us in his garden. We read on in Matthew 13. The workers planted, and at that night, the farmer's enemy came into the field, and he planted the weeds. Everyone say that same field. It, it, it wasn't a division of fields. It wasn't a good field and a bad field. Get the picture, Connor. It's one earth. It's one planet. It's one place. It was one garden. There wasn't a bunch of different gardens. It was one God. It is one faith. It is one Lord. It is one baptism. His name is Jesus. This is one garden. And it was the same field. The farmer went out. His workers planted good seed. The enemy came in at night and they threw weeds all over. It was the same field. We're not living in different fields as those who are weeds. We're living in the same field. Everybody acknowledge that. It's the same field. Good. Good that we acknowledge. Now we got to understand that weed is not bad. That weed is bad because it is void of God. That weed can be part of the harvest if as soon as it gets an understanding of who Jesus is. And it's the job of the seed to show the weed. Everyone say the same field. In the same field, the enemy planted weeds. Weeds. Who likes weeds? Raise your hand if you like weeds. Nobody. My wife was giving me a sermon illustration yesterday. In our front yard, we have a front walkway, and it's got rocks, and all it was was weeds. And she was out there picking every little weed. And she said, these weeds are hard to get out because you got to grasp them a certain way so that you get to the root. Nobody likes weeds, do you? Any gardeners in here? You like to weed your garden beds? Well, maybe after I'm done today, you won't weed them anymore. Weeds happen because of sin. There was not weeds until there was sin. Genesis 3, 17 through 18. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate of the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. Because of sin, the ground was cursed. There was no weeds in the garden. There was no, uh, you ever step on that sticker bush without shoes on? There was no sticker bushes in the garden because Adam didn't have shoes on, and you think you would have read, Adam stepped on a thick sticker bush and jumped into the tree. You would have read that, but he didn't. Because there was no weeds in the garden, but as soon as sin came in, the ground was cursed. All of your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Work. Work. That's why we've got to work. That's why there's no such thing as equality. Because you've got to have hard work for it. Because it's the sin that we live under from the garden. It's got to be worked. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. The weed was meant to distract from the grain. The weed was meant to get your attention away from the grain. Church, the weed is meant to get our attention and focus off the life that Jesus wants us to live. The weed is a distraction because if the church was being who the church would be, we would be a representation so much so that the weed would not want to be a weed anymore. That the weed would want to be in the church as the crop begins to grow. The Bible tells us what happened. The good seed grew and so did the weeds. The workers immediately wanted to pull the weeds, but the farmer knew better. 
If you pull the weeds now, you will destroy the good seed, the Bible tells us. You will destroy the good seed. If we pull the weeds now, we'll destroy the good seed. Again, I'm not talking about your personal life. If you've got weeds in your personal life, you got to pull them. you got to pull them. you got to pluck them. But it's not my job to pull your weed. You hear me? Hear me. My job is to preach the word. My job is to draw the line between condemnation and conviction. My job is to show the love of Jesus Christ. My job isn't to tell you to get your life turned around. That's God's job. And if you've got weeds in your life, I promise you today, he's telling you, examine yourself. Fall on your knees and repent because that weed is going to only lead to destruction. But it's the job of the church to come along beside somebody and say, listen, I know you're going through a tough time, but God can take you through. I know you're going through a tough situation, but God can take you through. Sometimes, sometimes all we want to do is pull that weed, but if we pull that weed, we're going to destroy that seed. Sometimes we can be quick to judge. Sometimes we can be like the worker in the farmer's field and we want to uproot something, but all we're actually going to do is destroy the good seed. Do you realize that in that weed that's over there that you think's causing you problems is a good seed? Because the Bible says that we've all been given the measure of faith. There is good in that seed, and if we go and destroy it, we're only going to destroy the good seed, the enemy is clever. He didn't plant a weed that would easily be noticed. No, he planted a weed that looked exactly like the wheat. Do you realize that? The enemy planted a weed that looked exactly like the wheat. When Jesus spoke in this parable, he was not speaking to the people in terms they wouldn't understand. It wasn't just something far-fetched tale that Jesus was telling, but it was relatable to the people that he was teaching. I know we don't live in farming communities nowadays, but they did back then. The Romans, so much so to this point, they had a law against this very thing. They had a law saying that you would be punished if you went and planted weeds in some other farmer's field. Do you know that's why people, that's why our governments create laws because stuff happens so much? So the Romans had a law and Jesus was speaking to this understanding. People would plant weeds in other people's fields to purposely destroy their crops. The weed is known as the darnel, the, the poisonous darnel or the darnel ryegrass. Show us a photo up there, Sayo, of the, the green weed and the seed, uh, the wheat for me, please. Uh, the other one. Do you see those two? The one on the left is the grain because you can see begin to see the grains popping out. But the one on the right is the Darnell ryegrass. It's the it's the poisonous ryegrass. If you're not careful, they kind of look the same, don't they? Now show us the picture of the field, Sayo. Can you tell the difference between what's what out in that field? No, I can't. No, we can't. But what we're quick to do is we're quick to say, well, look at all the weeds out in that field. Somebody better go pick them. What we're quick to say is we're quick to look past the, the opportunity of the weed. And we're so quick to condemn the weed. And, and if we're not careful, we will pull up the good. They look very similar. They look very similar. Look how beautiful that field looks. But at this point, you can't tell the weed from the seed. For the weed from the wheat in the field comes bread. From the wheat in the field comes life and nourishment. The farmer depends 
on what's growing out in that field. But the Darnell weed is poisonous to people and animals. If ingested enough, it will kill you. Hear me. Because I'm not just talking about a weed in a field. I'm talking about our spiritual life and a separation and understanding that we've got to get all of Christ down inside of us so that we can get all of Christ out into that world. There is only one time when the farmer can tell the difference. Does anybody know when that is? It's the harvest. It's the harvest. I believe the harvest is quickly coming soon. And we need to be ready for that harvest. The Darnell weed will continue to stand up straight. The wheat will be so thick with grain that its stalk will begin to bow low to the weight of the seed. Someone show me that other photo up there. That is the, the poisonous weed over here, and that is the wheat. Do you see how it begins to bow low? Because it's so full and so blessed. Do you imagine that the praise that we put on represents the same stature as we begin on? begin to grow in God, our position begins to be low, and it begins to be humble, and it begins to bow, because God's blessing has been so much in our life. There's a reason, there's a reason that when we're bound to sin, all we can do is stand up straight and posture. There's a reason, because there's poison, there's poison that if ingested, that it will kill us, because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It's death, and we've got to be careful, but the abundance of God, the fruitful of God, will begin to change our posture to a posture of humility, to a posture of humbleness. In studying for this sermon, this is where God began to speak to me. The separation between the wheat and the weeds is not always clear-cut because we inject our personal opinions that we would like to believe. We at times can be quick to cast the judgment, like I said, but thanks be to God that he is not. Otherwise, some of us would have been plucked out a long time ago. We would have never been here and never had the chance to grow. The workers who planted the field wanted to go and pull the weeds immediately, but the farmer said, no, it will damage them. He said this, he said, let them grow together, Jesus said. It's our duty not to tear down and uproot. It's our duty to be Christ-like. The gospel, the good news is all about life and growth and salvation. It's about Jesus coming to us with open hands. Aren't you thankful that he came to you with open arms and open hands? It's about understanding forgiveness. Jesus, you know, ate with the prostitutes. Do you think he don't condone prostitution? No, he did not. He ate with them to show them love. He ate with them to show them forgiveness. He ate with them to show them how what it would be like to be forgiven. And he humbled himself to sit beside them. That word, it said, that word that Jesus spoke in our parable, let them grow. It comes from the same word that Jessica taught about in Luke 23 and 34, where the Bible says that while he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. That forgive them in that sentence is the same as let them grow in the parable. That same father let them grow at the very time that it would have been easy for him to condemn the people on the streets and us. He was unwilling to do that because forgiveness is what Christ was all about. Stand with me this morning. Show me back up that picture, say, of the, of the wheat, the, the full harvest wheat. 
The Bible says in Luke 19 and 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. What would happen if the church began to be Christ-like and began to adopt the attitude of seeking and saving the lost? What would it look like? You know what it would look like? It would look like this. It would look like a bow low before God because it's not anything that we can do, but only what we can replicate through God in us. Maybe today you feel like a weed. Well, guess what? Forgiveness is only an ask away. Repentance is right at your lips. And he, the Bible tells us time and time again, is faithful to forgive. I came across this story, and I want to share it because it's all about act- activating the kingdom. There was a soap maker and a preacher walking along the road together. It sounds like a joke, doesn't it? <laughs> there was a soap maker and a preacher and whoever else you want to add. The soap maker said to the preacher, the gospel you are preaching has not done much good. There is still a lot of wickedness in this world and a lot of wicked people too. Quietly they walked on. The preacher had no response. The preacher did not reply until they passed the child playing in the dirt, covered head to toe. The preacher commented, soap doesn't do much good where there is still much dirt in the world and many dirty people. The soap maker, collecting himself, said, oh, well, you know, soap is only useful when it's applied. Exactly, said the preacher, so it is with the gospel. Forgiveness is great to be preached about. Repentance is great to be preached about, but it's only good when it's applied. It's only good when the church applies what we hear in the word of God. It's only good when the church follows after the gospel and goes into this world that the world will begin to see a difference. Church weeds are going to grow, but stop worrying about the weeds and just be the seed that God has called each and every one of us to be. Psalms 119 and 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What would happen if we were more like him? What would happen if we applied forgiveness to our lives? The sin that once consumed would no longer have us bound, but God's glory would begin to be revealed. I wonder if we can respond to the word of the Lord today. I wonder if we can find a place to pray up here at the altar or right there at our seat. If you don't have anything to pray about, I bind with somebody and let's pray today. Come on, let's seek the Lord for his word today. Come on, God's calling us into a harvest, and we've got to be prepared to be the seed that he's called us to be. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.